It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Tuesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Tuesday edition of The Grind, September the 1st. I'm like, whoa. September is upon us. That is when college football is to kick off 25 days until it's football time in Tennessee, and and, and just, it's here. It's here. September the 1st is here, and and it is the month in which football is to happen. So excited about that. You know, no no crying over spilt milk. Uh, This weekend was supposed to be opening weekend anyway, but uh, a couple more weeks to be pushed out um, will not hurt us. So um, we'll ride right along there with it. But, uh, you you know, trying to to look uh, uh, a little bit back – into the countdown as we were doing it before they extended the season. And then we kind of push pause on that. But we'll start back today as 25 days is where we'll sit. We'll talk about who wore 25 for the Vols, who does wear 25 for the Vols, and then just big-time 25s in the world of sports. A lot of them have asterisks around them, just to be quite honest with you. Uh, good good, uh, good topics to be talked about. Over the next few days, though, great numbers. Willie Mays tomorrow, 24 uh, the infamous number 23 uh, will be Thursday. Uh, and then the double deuce is how we'll finish finish the week off. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy uh, just to think about, you, you know, what, what the countdown can look like as, as you're really getting into the meat of the numbers. A lot of players wear the 20s, the teens, and the single, dig, single digits. So, uh, again, a lot to talk about there. Yesterday uh, was the trade deadline, 4 p.m. Uh, we'll talk about the winners and losers. Uh, of the said trade deadline and then of course uh, we will uh, jump into a little bit of basketball review as uh, the Rockets uh, left a little on the table Uh, we'll just say that we'll say that we'll talk about how that game that series is pushed to a game seven uh, after Russell Westbrook uh, does wrestle Russell things so we'll talk about that but uh, start with the the winners and losers of the trade deadline uh, it says there have been bigger trade deadlines in history. There's also been quieter ones. But all in all, the run-up and beyond Monday's afternoon deadline uh, was fairly normal. Qualifies at least a mild surprise during a season in which obstacles were in place to undermine potential deals. Um, nevertheless, the deals got done. Contenders checked up their roster. Non-contenders focused on long-term. Uh, winners and losers. Biggest winner... Uh, and then, again, this is listed by ESPN, the San Diego Padres. No guarantee. Uh, taken as a whole, they move. these moves will make the Padres much better. Uh, they certainly make them different. Uh, all told, general manager A.J. Preller uh, added eight players who figured to be big pieces of the big league roster down the stretch and into October. Uh, the late eight uh, were catcher Jason Castro, uh, catcher, corner, infielder Austin Nola, 
Outfielder Greg Allen, first baseman D.H. Mitch Moreland, quasi-ace starter Mike Clevenger, and relievers Trevor Rosenthal and Taylor Williams, and as well as Dan Altavilla. Uh, whether the Padres improve from here is beside the point. San Diego is m- mirrored in a 13-season stretch without a postseason appearance. It hasn't posted a winning record in 10 years, and the Padres' 2020 uh, uh campaign or establishing themselves as as basically uh, a virtual lock to to snap that drought uh he he preller leaped to maximize his chances Uh, for a lot of reasons the padres were better positioned than most to be active around the deadline for years uh, logan white and company have presided over one of the game's deepest farm systems with so many investments made in amateur talent the organization was nearing decision time on a few players this winter. For inclusion on the 40-man roster, the Padres added additional low-level minor league teams uh, in recent seasons to give everyone some place to play. But now, like everyone else, they will likely move forward with just four affiliates. It was time to consolidate, and Preller was able to do that without draining the system. Uh, from Kylie McDaniel's preseason ranking, Preller traded only number 5 uh, Taylor Trammell, uh, or Trummel in the pronunciation, uh, and number 11, Edward Olivares. Olive, Sorry, there's too many squigglies and punctuations. Uh, with the Rangers hanging on to Lance Lynn, the Padres landed the best starter to move at the deadline. Uh, Lynn is better for the short term, but Clevenger, uh, the guy they added, nevertheless has an immediate impact and becomes San Diego's number one, followed by Donaldson, uh, Lamette, and Chris Paddock. In that trio, all are clicking at the same time in October. The Padres are going to be very tough to beat. Uh, Based on 2020 performance, the bullpen of the Padres' original roster this season would rank 22nd. That's not good enough, especially when your ace firearm uh, is out for the year, as the case with Kirby Yates. In Rosenthal and Williams, uh, manager says added two relievers who are logged ninth inning, ninth inning time this year. Uh, though in the later case, it was mostly just because someone had to pitch in the ninth for the Mariners. But Rosenthal, Rosenthal's stuff this year is closer worthy. And if he can locate semi-consistently, um, J.C. Tingler uh, can match up in the late innings with him and Drew Pomeranz. Uh, and basically slide some people out and into some lower leverage roles. The main thing is uh, that that they basically bettered their their system and were able to uh, improve a little bit and get them an opportunity to again break a season a long streak of of postseason absence and and get those guys uh, back in. Probably one of the bigger takeaways is the Chicago White Sox. You talk about a team that's having a pretty decent year. And they just didn't do a whole lot. Basically, it says this isn't about getting into the postseason or even winning a close division race. The White Sox will play in October, and while we discuss seeding scenarios as the season winds down, it really not going to matter. What matters is how teams match up in the short series, and the White Sox did not improve their ability of their pitching staff to do that. In Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel, the White Sox look well-situated for the first two games of the playoff series. 
Certainly possible that Dylan Cease or even rookie Dan Dunning could emerge as an alluring number three pitcher. Cease has the stuff that he that but hasn't hit his stride in terms of consistency. It's an outlook that would have appeared so, so better that Lynn be in the mix. Uh, no one else uh, no one else landed Lynn either, so clearly the asking price was prohibitive, and there is no reason for any club to mortgage the future to improve its odds for a 16-team tournament. Uh, Chicago needed a frontline starter, didn't get one. The White Sox did not add to the bullpen staff that has been basically okay at best. But veteran Steve Sisich, uh, flailing, uh, needed to be upgraded, uh, but did not happen. The White Sox did did make a move uh, on the margins that I really liked, uh, adding fleet-footed veteran Jared Dyson. Fleet-footed is not my words. It's theirs. Jared Dyson to their outfield mix. Uh, other teams... Uh, the Braves, I feel like I, I would put them in the loss category. Um, it's a mild loss, but ending up uh, with only Tony Malone as a rotation addition could leave the Braves short uh, with its injury-tarnished starting staff. Uh, still not too worked up. Uh, Max Fried has emerged as a, as a pretty big-time ace, and there will be a lot of pressure on him to show that in October. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's one, they added one piece. So maybe, maybe that's a budget move. Uh, but nonetheless, um, would list them as maybe not a winner, uh, in this trade deadline. Another loser, Arizona Diamondbacks, Chicago Cubs listed in the losing category winners, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, you can argue whether baseball's best rotation is in Cleveland or in Cincinnati, but at least we can agree that it's in Ohio. Uh, with that in place, landing Bradley uh, to hold down the back of the bullpen is a huge get for the Reds. Uh, Cincinnati has not been uh, very explosive so far. Lackluster is the word used. And some of that is because of the relief staff. Bradley can't fix that alone, but his presence will help manager David Bell figure out how to bridge the gap between starters and relievers. The Reds have had some relievers throw well this year, including uh, Tate. To Jay Antone, Lucas Sims, and Amir Garrett. If uh, Iglesias can return to form, uh, he was before the, the pretty big-time setback. Uh, this group could uh, quickly become a pretty solid bullpen. The Cincinnati's offense ha- has been bad, stunningly so, but still they, they aren't anywhere if, if they don't get the good kind of regression from core hitters such as, as Joey Voto, Mike Moustakas, and uh, Nick Senzel. If that group gets going and the bullpen comes together, this could still be a breakout season for the Reds. And uh, that made Monday a good day for them as they uh, as they bettered their situation. We'll just see if it's enough to get things done. The Rockies, the Colorado Rockies, are listed as a winner uh, from yesterday's trade do- deadline. Not a big winner, but believe it or not, the Rockies are a pitching and defense outfit. Kevin Pillar adds... Um, to that by giving them a much-needed glove in center field. And Michael Givens has thrown well this season, adding to the Rockies' bullpen that has been a pretty pleasant surprise. Still, it's hard to look at Colorado's catching depth uh, and not start questioning the means of existence. Uh, Another winner, Miami Marlins. Uh, The Marlins would have no business buying in a normal season. Not at this juncture of the rebuilding process, but in 2020, they're in contention. 
Uh, so Marte, who who is a reasonable club option for next season, immediately becomes Miami's best pitcher or best position player. I'm sorry. The Marlins have a good starting rotation now with Sixto Sanchez uh, in dealing in the majors. A break-even season or even a little worse gets you into October. Uh, as for trading Jonathan Villar, in, in return, they get the son of Jess, Jeff, Mr. Marlon Conan, uh, into the organization and John Bertie in having a better year than Villar anyway. So Miami Marlins on the move. Uh, Oakland Athletics, Philadelphia Phillies, Listed as winners, losers are the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, San Francisco Giants, Toronto slash Buffalo Blue Jays uh, listed as winners on this board. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of pieces and a lot of a lot of franchises that you hear that you don't hear their name. Uh, one you don't hear their name is uh, the New York Yankees, uh, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, you don't hear those names. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, just to be quite honest with you, I, I think it's it is a thing, and it's one that you you've got to kind of keep your eye on uh, because sometimes you you know you're going to dance with who brought you, and it looks like that is the take for uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox. So uh, they're going to continue to do that and uh, continue to push uh, right on through. But I, I think one that you you kind of you you hang them in the middle and you kind of wait to see. Um, how this works out is the Texas Rangers. Uh, the ru- the rumor mills over the last couple of days had Lynn, uh, Odor, and Joey Gallo all on the market. None moved. Uh, Miner and Robinson Chirinos uh, did. If the Rangers can move up a tier by next season, then they'll be glad uh, that they hung on to Lynn. But still, as good as he is right now, he's 33 years old and, and, and at a level that is going to be hard to maintain. This is probably the time to cash him in. It didn't get done, uh, but it could pay off if uh, they're in a situation to where he's still very highly producing a year from now. So uh, that's the trade deadline. Uh, again, a lot of winners, a lot of losers. Um, some that I agree with, some that I don't. Again, credit Bradford Doolittle, ESPN staff writer for the article. Um, I don't know. I, I sit down and I, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I sit down and I'm like, I don't know. I. I'm I'm torn because you know I, I'm a big chemistry guy and and I feel like you know that's the great thing about most of football, uh, especially call at the college level. There's not a ton of trades, <laughs> well written trades that go down. But um, I, I look at who's the big changers and and who can really make make the difference. Uh, as we push to a postseason here, that is a much you know season shortened, et cetera, et cetera. And um, y- you know, I think uh, I-, I don't know. I, I think uh, I'm I'm trying to trying to make sense of of who the big surprises were and who uh, who makes sense and who who's kind of a question mark. Uh, here's one that I think is a pretty good is is a pretty. Um, interesting let's just say uh trade and that was june lead uh aside from clevenger probably um starling Marte is by far the best player traded Uh, but i'm not sure the marlins uh, had much of a shot to make it very far in october Uh, so obviously crazy things can happen in a season where teams did well Uh, but uh, despite a clubhouse COVID outbreak 
has hung in there to this point. So I, I thought it was kind of an interesting, interesting transition. Sam Miller, um, Mike Miner's fastball velocity started ticking back up. So if so, the A's are truly a force to fear in the playoffs with one of the league's best bullpens. But, but if not, it's kind of a bad day for them. The A's starters have been very shaky this year, and the club's pay- playoff-worthy record could be traced to the season's wildly unbalanced schedule. Uh, Oakland has faced only one opponent with a winning record, uh, but yet a big-time move. Um, y- you know, a big-time move for Mr. Sam Miller. So I-, I I was questioning that move. I thought I thought he. Uh, you talk about buying buying high and selling low. It's not what you want to do in Major League Baseball, especially at the at the level of contracts they're having uh, nowadays. But, you know, those were some question marks that you look at uh, in the trade trade room. Uh, David Schoenfield, uh, it's probably not going to, to be Robbie Ray, uh, but it could be Robbie Ray. Uh, he's been absolutely terrible this year. He leads the NL in earn run allowed, even though he hasn't even pitched enough innings to qualify for an ERA list. But maybe he finds his control and gets in a groove. Uh, he's done it before um, in September of 2018, 15 start stretch in 2017, uh, where he was a sub two ERA. So uh, again, it's not that they uh, they can't be good. It's just that a lot of this stuff was uh, out on a limb, and that's just uh, that doesn't seem to be the case uh, for a lot of uh, of these franchises. Out on a limb is not the way they operate. But uh, which team is going to most regret sitting out the deadline? Uh, Some people say it's the Yankees. Um, You know, Schoenfield says, I'm not surprised the Yankees didn't do anything. I get it. Uh, We haven't seen this team at full health, but injuries to Paxton and Tommy Conley uh, have thinned out the depth of the pitching staff a bit. And at the minimum, I thought they might add a bullpen arm. Maybe they they think – Dievi uh, Garcia, who just threw six innings with no earned run and no walks in his MLB debut, can make an impact down the stretch, uh, either in the rotation or in the bullpen. Maybe that's what they did. But I, I was a little surprised also uh, that uh, that they did not move up um, and get some get some pieces. Again, uh, the Yankees are known whether they need them or not uh, to dip in and make an appearance. So uh, trade deadline was weird, wild, and crazy. Uh, But even in 2020, a lot of money spent, a lot of moves made to try to push for an October run for these franchises. But you know what? Uh, That's the end of the first segment uh, right here on the Tuesday edition of The Grind. Check out in this this next segment our most new sponsor here on The Grind, Tressa Leakwire of Realty Executive Associates. Uh, Check her out. If you're looking to buy or sell in the area, in East Tennessee even, Check out my friend Tressa Leakwire. Uh, she'll hook you up, and her slogan goes, she'll take you from the kitchen table to the closing table. So if you need that kind of thing done, check out Miss Tressa. You'll be glad you did. But we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of The Grind right here WKBL, Rocky Top Sports. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m. Rocky Top Sports. 
Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak, and in what the Blunt Partnership sees is the best interest of its visitors, employees, and community, Taste of Blunt, slated for September 10th in Maryville, the Townsend Fall Festival scheduled for September 25th and 26th at the Townsend Visitor Center. And the Best of Blunt Awards, booked in October, are canceled. The events will not be rescheduled in 2020. These fall events are cherished productions that the community looks forward to annually. But the current environment is not conducive to holding large events where physical distancing is difficult. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill. Located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services including payroll processing, bookkeeping, 
individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle, in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at WhitlockCPA.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Tuesday edition of The Grind. As we as we go to basketball, go to the NBA and talk a little hoop, uh, a little storyline to be had. And if I if I sound like I'm stuffed up, it's because I am. Uh, the, the, the sneeze monster hit me uh, for about two or three good minutes right there before we came back. So, uh, yeah, so there's nothing wrong. It's just I sneezed my my head off here just a few seconds ago, and now so I'm stuffed up. But anyway, uh, NBA scoreboard the uh, the Miami Heat last night uh, they they capped off August with a pretty good resounding victory over the Milwaukee Bucks, one fifteen to one hundred four. Jimmy Butler forty points, four rebounds, two assists, uh, and Chris Middleton had the best for the Bucks, twenty eight points, six rebounds. Five assist. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a man, man. He, he he really was pushing the issue all night long, and uh, with forty points, um, he put the uh, the Bucks on the, on notice a little bit. And the Eastern Semis uh, now have Miami with the one to nothing lead. Uh, also last night, probably the bigger game in the in the matchup because it wasn't a game one; it was a game six elimination. Uh, you saw Oklahoma City and the Rockets uh, again. The Thunder had to pack their bags as the Thunder would possibly, with a loss, well, it wasn't possibly, with a loss, would be heading home. Uh, James Harden and the Houston Rockets wanted to close this series out, but Chris Paul uh, had other other plans. Uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook was not on the same page and had some late turnovers that made the difference, uh, but Chris Paul was in a league all of his own just a night ago uh, as the Thunder get a 104-100 victory uh, late in the game. They were behind by six uh, with just a few minutes to play. It was crazy how Chris Paul really, really kind of showed up and, and played out uh, for for his thunder. Uh, I read an article, and this is again by Royce Young. He said, before the thunder boarded the bus on Monday to go to the arena, they had to pack their bags. I'm just telling you, that's a psychological side of it that maybe you don't think about. When it's an elimination game, that's just an added piece of the puzzle. You are leaving this hotel and possibly checking out of the bubble at the end of the night. I mean, it's a real possibility. But they were down six points with just under four minutes to play. Looked as though, uh, you know, the suitcase was well packed and ready to go. Uh, but as they've really done a lot this season, when games are close, the Thunders 
has to turn to Chris Paul, who scored eight of the final 12 points, two go-ahead free throws just with with closing seconds, uh, and helped deliver what was a 104-100 victory uh, in Lake Buena Vista. He said, when it comes to clutch time, fourth quarter, some people are built for it. Some people shy away from it. That's what Chris Paul told TNT's Jared Greenberg uh, after the game. He said, some people are built for it, man, and we're just going to keep hooping. Well, that's what Paul did. Uh, Paul finished with 28 points, zero turnovers in 40 minutes uh, with a game high plus 20. Uh, every other Thunder starter was a minus in plus minus, and the next highest were Nerlens Noel and Dennis Schroeder at plus six. Uh, per, per ESPN stat and information, Paul now has four career playoff games of 25 points or more and zero turnovers, tying him for third most among active players. Only Kevin Durant and LeBron James have more. The winner, the win Monday set the stage for a winner-take-all game seven in the Western Conference first-round playoff series against Paul's former team, the Houston Rockets. Sometime something not lost on the Thunderstar, but also not something he says is extra motivation. He said game six was against the Rockets. Uh, just, just to be honest with you, he said, uh, he said same as game seven. It's going to be against the Rockets. He said when you're as competitive as myself and the guys on our team, it doesn't matter if it was my mom and my aunt. We're going to hoop. We want to win. He said, yes, it was the team I played for last year, but regardless, it's going to be the same energy no matter who it is. Uh, game six was an impressive recovery by the Thunder after they took a 34-point defeat in to the hands of the Rockets in game number five with a strong supporting game from Danilo uh, Gallinari, uh, 25 points in stout defense. Uh, they got the game into the final minutes uh, where they could thrive. Game six also featured the Rockets faltering, uh, notably uh, Thunder guard, former Thunder guard Russell Westbrook, who had two crucial turnovers in the final 90 seconds and had badly uh, airballed a mid-range jumper. After Paul's two go-ahead free throws, Westbrook briefly drove the lane before kicking out to Covington and throwing the ball out of bounds with 7.6 seconds to go. I saw this play. And, and, you know, Russell Westbrook's the point guard. So a lot of people's like, well, he's a ball hog, you know, da-da-da-da-da. He's the point guard. He kind of needs the basketball. And so I, I don't – I wish they were more on the same page. And, again, I like the I like the Thunder getting the win. I like forcing a game seven in round one so that it's not a throwaway series, you know. But what he did was is he drove in and kicked out like he's done a blue million times. And just he and Covington wasn't on the same page. Covington was covered, and it just went out to his right-hand side. He said, I mean, a lot of mistakes that we've made in close games have been on us. Westbrook said, he said, you watched the turnover on my part. Some turnovers, a turnover I think two games ago with Eric Gordon. Uh, he said, it's kind of been on us. But to be completely honest, that's a fix uh, that we've got to be able to do to close the game out. Uh, Westbrook made his return from a quadricep injury in game five, playing under control, but clearly out of rhythm. After not turning it over in game five, he had seven turnovers last night in game six. He said, that's just my fault. He said, honestly, that's easy. He said, last game I had zero, tonight I had seven. Simple as that. It's well known that Westbrook needs rhythm, and between him entering the bubble late because of a positive COVID-19 test and his quad injury, uh, he hasn't had much court time to develop a rhythm. 
He's also on a minute restriction, which doesn't help. He said after game six, he will remain on one uh, for game seven. So Westbrook, uh, decision-making in crunch time has been one of the most criticized aspects of his game throughout his career, and it took center stage there in a game six that could have sent them uh, to the second round. Uh, The play was for Russ to attack the basket, and he attacked it. Uh, And he said he made the decision he didn't feel that he was open and wanted to kick it out. Uh, It said uh, he gets so much credit for being such a savant as a basketball player and having basketball IQ, intellect, feel for the game. It's all off the charts, said Billy Donovan of Chris Paul, talking about uh, really why they they were able to, to come back and get that win. But he said, I do think one of the things that makes him an incredible Un- incredibly unbelievable offensive player. Dang, Billy. Got any more words you can throw in that one? Besides his mind and his passing is that if you get him in the right spacing, he can get the spots on the floor. And if he gets to those spots, you feel pretty good about his shot selection and that he's going to be able to put it in. As Paul left the floor Monday, his elbow uh, he elbow bumped staffers and bounced his way to the Thunder locker room. He said, we just wanted a chance. He yelled at the, as he entered the locker room. We just wanted a chance. Game seven, anything can happen. There are only two teams remaining at Disney's Grand Floridian at Walt Disney World, the Thunder and the Rockets. They're in the same building separated by just one floor. On Wednesday, both teams will pack before they head to the arena. After their game, one team will put its suitcases on the plane home, and the other will go back to the rooms to unpack and prepare for their series against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, speaking of those Lakers, you know, a little bit of downtime here as, as as the Lakers lose game one but quickly win four straight to close out that series. I'm interested in how that, uh, that dynamic is going to play out because, you know, I think whoever wins this series, whether it's the Rockets or the Thunder, either team has exhausted themselves really trying to push ahead uh, for this win. So I, I think it plays into the hands of uh, of the Lakers, but then at the same rate, I think you look at it, and, and continuity and that consistency uh, can be built and can be lost. So, uh, again, the the, uh, the the games for tonight, let's see who shakes out. The Celtics-Raptors, again, Boston won Monday night or, or won Sunday uh, to go up one to nothing. They'll play again game number two. Start time is 5.30 Eastern uh, this afternoon. And then Jazz Nuggets uh, will play their game seven uh, tonight at uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Donovan Mitchell, uh, Nikola Jokic, um, both of those teams looking to uh, to move forward in their uh, their Western Conference series. So uh, looks like uh, everybody else will be on pause. Wednesday uh, will be the game of Thunder Rockets. Can't wait to get Carson Crouch in studio tomorrow to talk about what that's going to look like because he's a Rockets fan but a Chris Paul fan. So last night he may have been screaming at both ends of the TV. Uh, don't know what uh, what that might have looked like. But but nonetheless, uh, it's going to be fun to talk to him about basketball because ultimately uh, he's a big-time big time basketball fan and loves, loves to talk about it right here on Wednesdays. But, hey, that's NBA uh, in a nutshell. Let's take us another quick break, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about the NFL taking over an investigation into the Washington Redskins. Shocker. Well, the Washington football team, I guess it's not the Redskins anymore. 
Uh, anyway, I digress. But, uh, hey, during the break here, check out our new sponsor, Tressa Leakwire, the realtor I would use and you should too. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind. We'll be right back. a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at Common sensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865-389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use common sense. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help, they can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online 42SD.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42SD.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 
865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to The Grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Tuesday edition of of the grind as as we mentioned before the break we're going to jump to the nfl a tale of two two teams going in two very different directions the nfl is uh stepping in and taking care of an investigation into the washington football team a uh a very let's just say less than stellar uh sexual harassment allegations case against the washington football team uh, sorry i i used their previous moniker uh, in the in the before the break moment, uh, but the NFL is now overseeing the investigation by Beth Wilkinson into the Washington Football Team alleged sexual harassment issues in the organization. Commissioner Roger Goodell informed Washington owner Dan Snyder of the change Monday night. In a statement, Snyder indicated that it was his suggestion for the NFL to take over the investigation. He said recently. Uh, The Washington football team launched an independent third-party investigation into allegations about our culture and incidents of harassment. In conversations with Commissioner Goodell, Tanya and I uh, suggested that the NFL assume full oversight of the investigation so that the results are thorough, complete, and trusted by the fans, players, and employees, and the public. Uh, That was from Snyder. He said, I appreciate Commissioner Goodell agreeing to our suggestion, and the entire Washington football team remains committed to fully cooperating with all aspects of the investigation. Washington hired attorney Beth Wilkinson on the recommendation of Gundell, Goodell to investigate the organization's following a detailed story about sexual harassment charges published last month by the Washington Post. The story led to the dismissal of three employees. Two others who were named have already left the organization. The Post followed up last week with another story with more allegations. The paper reported that employees were asked to create a behind-the-scenes video for Snyder featuring clips of uh, partially nude cheerleaders uh, pulled from a 2008 swimsuit calendar shoot. Uh, Snyder later denied the charges, saying in a statement, I did not request their creation 
and I never saw them. Uh, the attorneys representing at least a dozen former Washington employees, Lisa Banks and Deborah Katz, on Monday met with Lisa Friel, the NFL's special counsel for investigations, after sending the league a letter with multiple demands just one week ago. Among them, uh, the, they demanded the league should conduct its own independent investigation into the organization and Snyder should be suspended pending the outcome. The attorney also called for Snyder's removal in the investigation if the, the investigation corroborates uh, the claims made by the former employees. In its two stories, the Post reported uh, that it talked to at least 40 women about being sexually harassed while working for the team, and according to the release uh, issued by Banks and Katz, the NFL also convinced Snyder to release employees or former employees from any non-disclosure agreement for purposes of speaking with investigators. He said, We communicated our strong belief that without this type of transparency, there can be no real accountability. Uh, that was what Banks and Katz put in their article. said the victims of these stories should be able to tell their stories when and how they wish to do so without threat of legal action. So uh, Washington... Uh, the football team is uh, is in deep water, and Dan Snyder, uh, shocker of shockers, is right there at the head of it all. Again, that story by John Keem, Keem or Keim, uh, again another staff writer, uh, but uh, a good story nonetheless. You know, I, I guess what you know, Luke Combs is is noted as saying, "When it rains, it pours." Well, in Washington, I believe the the it has been pouring, and now it is overflowing. And now Dan, Dan Snyder, like I, I don't know that it, even if this this doesn't you know necessarily bear any fruit as far as dis uh, disassociating or whatever you want to call it, uh, Dan Snyder with the football team. I think it still speaks you know volumes as to this is just something. This is a broken relationship, and, and it's one of those. It, this isn't Al Davis. Uh, Al Davis in the NFL was a broken relationship, but Al Davis was just a grumpy old man. You know, all Raiders fans out there, with all due respect, Al Davis was just a grumpy old man that wanted to win. I mean, honestly, I think we all have a, a an inner Al Davis persona uh, that that you know, quote unquote, just win, baby. Like we we want that that killer instinct, that do what it takes to get the job done mentality the problem is just quite frankly Dan Dan Snyder's kind of a bag I mean he's kind of a yeah insert word here he's that guy Dan Snyder has has alienated himself via the 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 naming rights of the football team he's alienated himself based on um all of a sudden, a sponsor looks to drop, and so you change the name, and now he's got this on the docket. To me, that's strike three. To me, Dan Snyder should exit stage left, sell the team, whatever that looks like, disassociate with the NFL because the marriage is over. Dan Snyder is done, and the Washington football team would be better for it. Now, inside the Snyder house, they probably don't believe that, but I would argue that most people not name Schneider, and I would say even like guys like Rob Schneider uh, would agree with me, but that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, Dan Schneider should just move on. 
Uh, I think it's like I said, it's a it's a it's a continued attack. Uh, if he's in if he's in charge, and uh, it's going to continue as long as that's that's going to be the case. Because one, he poorly manages uh, pretty much the entire situation. But two, um, he is now uh, multiple multiple issues deep uh, in what has been a terrible 2020 for him. But let's just be honest. It's been a terrible decade for the, the for the Skins and now the the Washington football team as uh, they they continue to do things not football related uh, with a football franchise. So I, I don't know what that says about the franchise, but I think what that says about Dan Snyder is days are numbered. So the NFL's taking over the investigation and and I would like to think uh, that Swift hopefully is one of their words that they're going to use. Uh, to try to understand and fix this deal. Because, again, Washington, albeit un- unnamed, if you will, uh, they have some opportunities. They have some pieces uh, to be to be a competitive football team. Are they a winning football team? I, I don't know that you put them in that category, but I would put them as competitive. But, hey, let's take our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, 25 days till it's football time in Tennessee, Jay Graham. Travis Stevens, and more that rock the number 25. We'll talk it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Late summer is a great time to begin improving your lawn, and Rule King has your lawn care supplies at the lowest prices every day. Begin with removing yard waste with lawn and leaf paper bags. A five-pack is just 210 Then plant your fescue grass seed. Fescue is a cool-season grass, which means it thrives in late summer and early fall. A 50-pound bag of Turf Strong Fescue Mix is just $74.99. And then continue crafting the lawn of your dreams with your neighborhood rule king, America's farm and home store. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Tuesday edition of The Grind. Almost forgot this. Again, that's what 6 o'clock will do to you. 
uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, three-star tackle, Jamarian Gooch, flipped from Auburn to Tennessee yesterday. Again, a big, big man uh, that's going to really make – I think he's going to make a huge impact uh, at Tennessee. I mean, he's very much a uh, – I don't know. I mean, his body type almost, almost tells me Dan McCullers, but I think he can move a lot better. Uh, than Big Dan. Uh, Dan was a, a good uh, hole filler. Uh, I think Mr. Gooch, as a developmental player, uh, can come in and have a have a pretty good impact. So I'm excited about what that looks like. Uh, talking about 25 days until it's football time in Tennessee. All-time 25s, there's a ton of them. I mean, I think you look down the list of players who've wore number 25. I mean, guys like Jay Graham, uh, the first guy to wear uh, – Number 25 was a guard, uh, Joe Black Hayes in 1937. Uh, Walter Babe Woods, 1938. William Bill King, uh, 1940 and one. Uh, Bubba Walling, 1945. Jim Powell, 46 and 48. Vincent Cassetta, uh, 49 through 51. Bob Fry, 52, 53. Bob Gleaves, 54 through 56. Tommy Cheek, 58 and 59. Tommy Donnelly. 1960, Taft Hefner, 1961, David Murphy, 65 through 67, Tom England, 1968 and 9, Eddie Brown, 71 through 3, Chuck Sanford, 74 and 5, Stan Grant, 76 and 7, Glenn Ford, 79 through 81, John McLennan, 1982, Jim Miller, 83 through 86, Jeremy Lincoln, 88 through 91, Richie No. Noe, uh, 1992, Jay Graham, 1994 through 96, Travis Stevens, 1998, Tony Campbell, 2001 and 2, Kip Hartman, 2003, James the Leg Wilhoyt, 2003 through 2006, Steve Hensley, 2008 and 9, Art Evans, 2007 through 11, Quinn Sean Watson, 2012, Josh Smith, 2013 through 17, Trevor Daniels, 2013, Aaron Medley, 2014 through 2017, and currently Trevon Flowers rocks the number 25. But uh, other famous number 25s, I mean, you can speak to to Barry Bonds, Asterix, uh, and Mark McGuire. Uh, Both of those guys wore number 25. Chuck Bidnerick uh, also wore number 25, so it's a big number in the world of sports. But the two guys I want to speak to, and it's just because – uh, you're, you're always privy or you're always interested in your time frame, right? And the guy, when when you say who who's the best to wear 25, I ain't going to lie. It's Jay Graham. Uh, Jay Graham is number 25 to me, uh, former running back at Tennessee and currently the running backs coach at Tennessee. Uh, one, he knows about 25 and he knows what it means to be number 25. Came out of Concord High School, 90 to 92, he was a nationally recruited running back and chose to come to the University of Tennessee. He rushed for 2,609 yards in his career, ranked sixth all-time on Tennessee's rushing list and second all-time in carries with 540, and he cr- scored 25 touchdowns in his four-year career as a volunteer. Graham had season-best totals in 1995 when he rushed for nearly 1,450 yards on 272 carries. Uh, He tallied a career-best 211 yards against Vandy, and he also holds the single-season record for most 100-yard rushing games with 10. 
So Jay Graham's a huge player uh, for Tennessee and has has become a bigger impact in the coaching realm. Uh, during his professional career, he played for the Baltimore Ravens, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he also played in the Canadian League for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, but his coaching career has seen him at Tennessee as a GA in 2005, Chattanooga, San Diego, UT Martin, Miami of Ohio, South Carolina, Tennessee again in 2012, Florida State to a national championship. That's where he coached with Coach Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher. And then 2020, he has returned to Rocky Top to take over the running back position uh, at Tennessee. But I'll always see number 25 just aggressive and reckless. I mean, just running hard uh, for the volunteers. Another great number 25 that just followed up Jay Graham. When the number became available, Mr. Travis Stevens uh, stepped into it. And uh, let's just say he, uh, he filled the shoes pretty well. From Clarksville, Tennessee, uh, Stevens attended Northeast High School. He played football for Northeast. And under head coach Mark Burke, Stevens had a very successful uh, high school career. He rushed for a school record 2,550 yards and 23 touchdowns in his junior season. Yeah, I said that right, one season. In addition, he recorded 87 tackles and two picks as free safety on that same football team. And as a senior, uh, he had a little less production as he rushed for 991 yards and eight touchdowns, but had an ankle injury that hampered his senior year. Stevens committed uh, to Tennessee and would play his his college football under head coach uh, Philip Fulmer. Uh, Travis Stevens is a monster uh, when it comes to Tennessee running backs. If you look at it, uh, 1997, uh, he had uh, very limited uh, carries, nine rushing, uh, nine carries uh, for 36 yards. I mean, he was he was a typical freshman at Tennessee in the 90s. Uh, not a ton of action. 98, uh, he he had 107 rushes for 477. 2000, uh, he he saw 359 rushing yards in his senior season, 1464 yards, 2336, uh, 2336 all-time yards for Tennessee. Uh, he had a total career rushing stat of 488 rushes. Uh, for that 23-36 and 21 touchdowns. He also had 27 catches for 200 yards and a touchdown. So uh, a very dynamic player and another one of those kind of sly speed situations where he looked like he wasn't moving real fast, but people kept getting smaller. Uh, he was that kind of guy and a great player. His professional career saw him go to Tampa Bay, Houston, uh, and before he was he would come to an end after um, – an injury there there late in his career there in Houston. Uh, but since his days on the football playing field, he continued to stay in the game. 2017, he helped with youth football camps in Jackson, Tennessee, with some other Tennessee alumni. That may be the Legends Camp led by Jabari Davis, former, uh, former uh, visitor here on the grind. So, again, Travis Stevens, uh, Jay Graham, some of the big-time uh, you know, memories, I guess, of, of Tennessee football. Both of those guys drafted in the NFL. Uh, Travis Stevens was a fourth-round pick uh, in 2002 and, and really a steal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really excited uh, to be able to say he was a, a former Vol. One of those greats that uh, a lot of these teams nowadays are measured against. You know, a lot of times people 
and I've even said it. You know, one of the worst thing ever happened to Tennessee football was 1998. And I know people are – I heard the wind come out of the radio waves right then. But here's why I say that. I say that because the, the expectation got so large that now we're chasing uh, what, what was uncharted territory for Tennessee football. But you know what? It's uncharted for a reason. It's waiting to be found. So maybe Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt, and company – Maybe not in 2020, but here shortly can find another set of uncharted territory. But, hey, that's the end of the Tuesday edition. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.